0: This is Reset. I'm Michael Puente, in for Sasha Ann Simons. Maternal deaths rose during the first year of the pandemic by 14%, and the mortality rate for black mothers was nearly three times that of white women. That's according to a new report from the National Center for Health Statistics. So why are more black mothers dying from pregnancy? In light of Black Maternal Health Week, we wanted to get to the bottom of what's driving this disparity and hear your stories. Here's what some of you shared
1: this is tanya from evanston i am an african american mother who delivered a baby in 2021 hi my name is angel and i'm a black female physician and when i was pregnant my child was born premature i thank goodness and god that i live in the catchment area of a fantastic hospital that's north shore because not only did they deliver quality care they actually thought since I had COVID despite being very careful and asymptomatic and by them being on top of the research they also administered a blood thinner since it was shown that pregnant moms have a higher risk of developing blood clots. I had the biggest issues at work trying to decrease my call at the end of my third trimester and so I think sometimes that leads to other complications and issues that aren't necessarily there on the day you're giving birth, but it could get you there too soon. I only fear what my experience might have been like if maybe I was in an area that did not have access to such quality care, especially given the history of black moms and maternal deaths. So again, I think location, 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 and care team matter so much in providing culturally competent care.
0: So, what's being done in our area to improve health outcomes for black women and mothers? Joining us now to discuss this and more is Kari Stewart. She's a director of midwifery services at UChicago Medicine. Kari, welcome to Reset. Thank you. Thank you so much. Also with us is one of her patients, Stephanie Ivey. Hi, Stephanie.
2: Hi, good afternoon.
0: That's a great name. My own daughter is named Stephanie, so I love that name. (laughs) So first, I want to get your reaction to what we just heard from the two women who shared their experience. Kari, I'll start with you.
2: Um, You know, it's it's disheartening to, you know, hear the numbers that we're experiencing here in the communities, but it's refreshing that... um, you know, patients are feeling supported in in the areas of where they are getting care, um, and that's truly what we need to do. We need to be realistic about the support that patients need, um, specifically during these times.
0: Stephanie, can you can you relate to the experience to their experiences in any way in any way?
3: Uh, um, absolutely, I can. Um, and a lot of the dialogue that I heard and listening to them. Or some very similar experiences that I myself experienced having a child uh, at the first height of the pandemic. Um, for me, it was very crucial to have a care team that was knowledgeable and kind of gathered all the facts to adjust the needs, resources, and kind of follow the demands of what I required as a patient.
0: Now, Kari. As your as your midwife, uh, you, no, no, seven. You had Carrie as your midwife for your third pregnancy, and she was your first ever black provider. What difference did that make?
3: Yes, so Carrie was my first black um, midwife and African American provider. Um, it made a difference because for me, <clears throat> I think mm-hmm. that it was kind of some sense of normalcy and kind of the importance in gathering all mm-hmm. the facts, just being African American learning the background and the resources that were needed and kind of some of the health complications that may develop along the pregnancy, just because all the initial data had been compiled and kind of what was happening from both my maternal and paternal side of the family. So she kind of gave me all the information and signs to look for. And so as my pregnancy progressed, I was able to... um, give her the things that I was experiencing. And we kind of knew head on um, and early on kind of what may be coming into play before it became too late.
0: Right. Now, Carrie, thanks to your close relationship with Stephanie, she sought care in time to save her life. Talk about the risk black women typically face during and after pregnancy.
2: So yes, black women experience um, lots of, lots of things that happen in pregnancy that can be normal to any ethnicity, but what we have to realize that, um, you know, black women aren't necessarily being heard and seen. And so they have this preconceived notion that, women's pain isn't um, the same type of pain that other women, their counterparts may experience as if they are tougher or they can endure things a little bit longer or stronger. And that's not the case. You know, when our patients of uh, that are African-American or Black, you know, express that they're having concerns, we need to take that seriously from the jump. And so, um, you know, regardless if they're obese, regardless if they have a history of chronic hypertension, that's our job to, you know. You know, educate them on that being part of the risk of their pregnancy, but also just listening to their concerns and catering the care that they need to fit their uh, situation.
0: So, Carrie, so why are black women more at risk of dying from uh, pregnancy related cause?
2: And part of it is because um, we aren't... Um, like I said, listening to them, but we also the resources, you know, um, there is lack of you know, with the pandemic, it heightened all of the disparities that were already kind of in play. And so um, lack of access to um, high risk institutions, more than just one that you know specifically like on the south side, um, we have seen uh, what we have called a maternal desert. And so um, when you close institutions, patients are scrambling to find places to go for their care and community centers and community health clinics are, are good. You know, they are a landing place for our patients, but they may need more individualized care, more higher risk care. And we need, you know, access to that. Um, We also need to, make sure that we're having, you know, uh, other birth workers in the community that patients are comfortable with involved in the care as well. So, you know, we have to have more grocery stores. We have to have more pharmacies and, you know, during COVID, we noticed how everything pretty much shut down and patients didn't have access to that. And that exacerbates conditions that should not have to be exacerbated.
0: Right. Well, Stephanie, when did you learn about the disparity and, and how did that make you feel?
2: Um, I actually
3: learned of the disparancy the, the more my pregnancy progressed, um, I was able to feel comfortable enough, um, and well established with four wives to kinda let Carrie know some of the things that were going on with me um internal, you know, not necessarily just on the exterior, but as she stated previously, we have a lot of things that come into play when you're you're carrying a baby, lack of resources, shut in, children at home, um, working from home. The demands just became absolutely overwhelming. And so as I kind of coped with the pregnancy and the pandemic, um, I was able to kind of reach out to her and let her know, Hey, my anxiety is, is through the roof. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm kind of feeling in hesitant. Can, I, I need to figure this out. Um, but I, I definitely feel like the dialogue and just the establishing the relationship with the provider um, is, is very vital. Um, Because then you, in turn, feel more comfortable sharing some of the things that maybe you would not share with a traditional provider that you have no relationship with.
0: Right. Well, Carrie, you're leading a new research study that aims to improve health outcomes for black women and mothers. Can you tell us more about this effort?
2: Yes, yes. So this research project is um, entitled Black Midwives for Black Mothers, um, maternity care that uh, addresses and and improves um, what we want to look at as far as attenuate, um, um, we want attenuate. I'm sorry. <laughs> we want to look at structural racism and, and improve in engagement into the healthcare system. And so as Stephanie stated, you know, she felt comfortable. She felt willing to open up to me about some of the things that she is experiencing. And so what I did was, you know, I felt that was vital to this model of care and how we need to go forward in addressing some of the numbers that we're seeing. And so, um, this group, CARE is called Melanated Group Mental Free Care. And what it looks at is four components that are also evidence-based, and we just put them together. You know, we have research out there that looks at one thing and we, that does single, you know, interventions that hopes to address our postpartum rates and our maternal deaths, and it just doesn't. We need to have a program that has several components. And so this model has... um You know, racial concordant care where there's a black midwife for a black patient. We have group prenatal care where patients are having their group prenatal visits in a group with other black moms who are about the same weeks that they are. And -hmm. they're expressing some of those things that they're experiencing. And and we're all collectively Um, encouraging them and supporting them throughout this journey of their pregnancy. And the other part is just making sure I have a black nurse that supports them and Mm -hmm. they're needing resources. They're having issues. um, They're connecting them to that resources. There are their um, go-to person for that additional help. But the other vital component that I'm adding um, is doula care. And that will Mm -hmm. happen in the home setting after mom comes home with baby, you know, We always, traditional care is to see the mom at six weeks and they're done. They should be good. They're not, okay? And that's when we're seeing those problems is from that um, time of delivery up into one year. And so what we wanted to do was make sure that we're following our patients and making sure they have those same resources, those same assistance with our nurse care coordinator during that first year hoping that if anything arises, then we can get them back into the healthcare system and back into whatever specialists that they need or whatever services they need from those same midwives. And they're not lost to care, nor are they experiencing those um, near death or death experiences.
0: And Carrie, what do you hope this new study will accomplish? You
2: know, I'm hoping this study will definitely show that um, what we've been doing in the past is not working and that a collective uh, model of care is what we need to be utilizing moving forward in the future when it comes to not only just black maternal health, but all maternal health. Mm -hmm. And so um, this will allow patients to be more engaged and trustworthy in their system um, that they choose for their care. But we're also providing a, a total package of service that will, you know, diminish those numbers and, and have better outcomes for our,
0: our patients. Stephanie, why would you encourage other black women to enroll in a program like this?
3: Um, I would definitely encourage other um, African-American or black women to enroll in a program as such, just because um, it's, it's vital. Um, pregnancy is a process Start to finish. And sometimes from my own experience, I've learned that you don't always have the symptoms at the same time and periods as other women. And so if you can kind of have that dialogue among other women um, that are similar and familiar and sharing some of the same experiences with you chronologically, then you would kind of have um, a, a, a higher end in stepping up and kind of advocating, expressing and obtaining some of the resources and supports that you need.
0: And what would you? What do you want people to take away from your experience?
3: Um, from my experience, my personal takeaway would be for everybody to just make sure that you are all hands-on and actually establishing and being comfortable in a safe space with your provider. I mean, because at the end of the day, it is the care of you. Um, and having that open dialogue and autonomy is definitely vital because you may not experience things um, at the beginning, but as time progresses and the pregnancy progresses, even post delivery, there may be some things that it'll require you to be in touch
2: with the care team.
0: Well Carrie, how can people learn more about your project?
2: Yes. So um the project is can be listed is listed actually on the PCORI website and that's um P C um dot org. and if you Google, you know, PCORI and Black Midwives for mm. Black um, mothers, it'll come up as well. So, and it goes through, you know, what we're looking for and how long the study is. And so we're truly excited about being able to um, share the data after five years on, um, you know, the importance of this collaborative effort.
0: Well, you're listening to Reset I'm Michael Puente Infra Sasha Ann Simons, and that's Carrie Stewart and Stephanie Ivey. And we're talking about Black Maternal Health Week and the risk Black mothers are most likely to face during and after pregnancy. Carrie and Stephanie, thank you for your time.
2: Thank you for having us.
0: Thank you. And I want to add another voice to the conversation. Joining us now is Felicia Davis-Blakely, president and CEO of the Chicago Foundation for Women. Felicia, welcome to Reset.
4: Hi, Mike. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, you were listening to our conversation with Carrie and Stephanie just now, is there anything that stuck uh, stuck with you about what they shared?
4: I think that they both have really highlighted what's that issue here. Um, you know, maternal deaths rose during the first year of the pandemic by 14 um, percent, and one-third of birthing people who died in 2020 were black. And that, even though black Americans make up just 13 percent of our population and in the state of Illinois, Those numbers are even um, more dire. Um, Black women, the IDPH reports that in our state, 72% of the pregnancy-related deaths in Illinois were deemed preventable and that black birthing parents were six times more likely to die of a pregnancy-related condition than their white counterparts. And there are contributing factors here about, you know, overall health care, accessibility, quality, Um, as well as, you know, some of the structural reasons why this is still true.
0: Right. So for you, why is it important to raise awareness around the black maternal health crisis? Uh,
4: First and foremost, you know, at Chicago Foundation for Women, we know that when women are healthy, safe, um, they uplift their families and and our communities. Uh, Much of the conversation around reproductive justice has left out Those who have been particularly impacted, and that's women of color um, and black women. And so we're committed to supporting those community led efforts, especially those that are grassroots um, and informed by lived experience Um, in our history and, you know, in the history of the united states there was a time when black midwives were providing care and community for the entire community because of a lot of the racial reasons and they were uh, black people weren't allowed to um, um go into certain hospitals and so black midwifery was was really robust by the mid um, 20th century, you know, things started to change a little bit. And I, and I do want to say, you know, this year is the fifth year anniversary of this awareness and to give, a, you know, recognition to the Black Mamas Matter Alliance for helping to um, um, bring Black Maternal Health Week and make that a reality.
0: Right. And your organization supports efforts that provide greater access and care to black women and mothers. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
4: Absolutely. Um, some of the work that we fund um, in the space really includes supporting organizations that are doing advocacy to ensure that people in the communities that are most impacted by reproductive injustice have access to able, so that they're able to have birth equity. And um, your panelists um, before me alluded to this that it's not just about the birthing experience itself. It is also about all of the things that surround that birthing experience. And so last April, Illinois became the first state in the nation to extend full Medicaid benefits from 60 60 days to 12 months postpartum because a number of those deaths, has happened because of postpartum complications. And we also need to be aware that the infant also then, if care isn't being given to the mother, the infant's outcomes are also threatened. And so that legislation was an important piece of the advocacy work. Um, and, and other historic provisions create, you know, a statutory framework that allowed this to happen. Also, being... Um, you know, uh, two years ago, the state of Illinois passed a law requiring implicit bias training. This is particularly important as we try to um, address some of the structural racism that's inherent in the system, um, and then the advocacy work that we do increase the, it, it's really increasing about including defenses to current access and protection and, and being vigilant, and that's why CFW and other funders and, and philanthropy urgently, urgently need to increase support for these mm-hmm. grassroots women of color-led efforts like Chicago Doula Project, you know, the Chicago Volunteer Doulas and others.
0: Right. We got less than 30 seconds, Felicia. But what, you know, what, what can be done at the federal level to help improve outcomes for black women and mothers?
4: You know, uh, U.S. Representative Lauren Underwood um, introduced the U.S. Congress the Momnibus Act, the Black Maternal he- uh, Health Act. Um, and that really um, directs the multi-agency efforts to improve maternal health, particularly along the racial and ethnic minority communities that we're talking about. And it also addresses some of those maternal health issues that are related to COVID-19.
0: Well, that's Felicia Davis-Blakely with the Chicago Foundation for Women. Felicia, thank you so much for your time today.
4: Thank you for having me.